Hello, I'm Anna Delaney, Director of Productions and Information Security Media Group. The US Secret Service is combining its electronic and financial crimes units into a single unified force, the Cyber Fraud Task Force. To discuss this further is the man who initiated the merge, Assistant Special Agent Chris Leone. Thanks for joining me, Chris. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Chris, before delving into the work you do at the Cyber Fraud Task Force, I'm curious to know a bit about your background. You, I believe, have been at the Secret Service for at least 20 years. Could you give us a brief overview of your background and what brought you to investigate cyber fraud? Sure. Thank you. So a little bit about myself. Uh, Started with the Secret Service in 1999, started in the Boston field office as an investigator where I worked uh, in the early stages of electronic crimes. Um, and focused a little bit more on counterfeit currency. Uh, from there, I went on to protection, uh, did six and a half years of protection, uh, came back to the investigative side at our Washington field office, went back to protection again as a supervisor, uh, and then from there rotated uh, into our criminal investigative division, where that was uh, three years ago, um, where the SAC at the time of the criminal investigative division asked me to be the program manager for the Electronic Crimes Task Force program. And at that point, we took a a look at what exactly the organizational space is, how are we linking up with the private sector, and was there room for for us to evolve um, and modernize our electronic crimes program? And there was, um, in which we see today. uh, And I'll I'll touch a little bit more on that, and which brought us to the Cyber Fraud Task Force. Now, in the past, agents transitioned in and out of cyber. It was hard to maintain consistency, but also institutional memory. How do you address this? No, it's a great point, Anna. Specifically within the Secret Service, um, it's very difficult to maintain continuity, um, especially with our dual mission. Uh, And that's something, again, we took a very hard look at during the modernization, and we recognized that we needed to expand some permanent investigative support positions within our task forces. So we did. We started creating new positions, the NIFA position, which is the Network Intrusion Forensic Analyst position. That's a full-time cyber expert that works hand-in-hand with special agents, uh, but they have no protective responsibility. So now we're creating teams within these task forces. If one part of the team is pulled for a different mission, you still have multiple other members of that team that continue that investigation, as well as the NIFA role. We transitioned agents into a TSA role, which is a technical staff expert administrative role. Again, not with no protective responsibilities, but to maintain the continuity of that investigation. So now we can partner and and, and provide that value to organizations so they they know, and not just with organizations, with our, our other federal law enforcement partners, specifically DOJ. As this, these investigations progress, there's certain areas that continually need to be executed. And it was always a, a thing in the past where AUSA is trying to get a hold of you and I'm off of protection for two weeks. So it really stalls the investigation, which is never good. To answer your question, yeah, we've expanded several roles. And this comes along with the merger of the two task forces being more efficient with with our manpower, creating specific cyber uh, cyber roles to link up with our professional financial investigators, which was a natural occurrence. And that's something we did. We did a pilot program when I first took over the, the program with two field offices, and it translated into just a more logical step-by-step within these investigations because sometimes agents are wearing both hats. They'd, they'd help out in the financial crime task force for one week, then they'd step into the electronic crimes task force for another week, um, and it just was a little disjointed. So it just was, it just was just a natural 
occurrence that and it was just you know one of those uh, administrative things that we needed to clear a lot of hurdles um but it, it made a lot of sense and ironically it came at a time where you know we're in the midst of this pandemic and there's a really uptick in uh, you know whenever there's a lot of money made available to 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 uh the public for the good of the public you know that's a uh, that's a target for unfortunately uh criminals that want to leverage that well you anticipated my next question because i was going to zoom in on the the cyber criminality right now leveraging as you say the 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 pandemic and we've seen it happen for a few months now are you seeing any new activities from the criminals what are you seeing in terms of cyber fraud or cyber crime and any new schemes that are arising let me uh preface my answer here that over the last six months i've been kind of pulled out of the uh cyber crime cyber task force role and i'm working more in a strategic group focusing on the continuity of our operations here uh during this COVID pandemic but um i am still in the office of investigation so i've had some uh you know uh, this comes across my desk and the one thing that i'll just I'll, I'll say is this the criminal tactics and techniques and methods are always the same the criminals are using pii our information that they acquire during a breach. So you see organizations have their their networks breached for for quite a long time now. It's become, you know, uh, we've kind of grown a little numb to it, but that that is always the beginning that allows these criminals to continue to target mass amount of, uh, you know, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a natural disaster, it always comes back to them using other identifying information to defraud these organizations that are allowing for this type of money to be available. What we have to do is the resiliency of it, the the, the uh, cyber hygiene, if you will, that's another standard practice, whether again, a pandemic or just your natural everyday occurrence where it's BECs, ransomware. Um, and it just, again, a lot of it happens to be connected to this, the CARE Act and the amount of money that's made available right now. But the practices are the same. If, if uh, private organizations continue to push employee awareness, they continue to push partnerships with law enforcement, timely communication, we can get ahead of this and, and reduce it. But there is obviously a natural uptick whenever there's a crisis. It all comes back down to the same practices, whether it's same investigative practices and same organizational practices for uh, resilience. Yeah, some great advice there for organizations. Have you got any examples of tried and tested methods that have really helped with the employee awareness or the education side? Anything that works? Two things that I'm very passionate about, and we've we've done a tremendous job here in the last three years with our organizational outreach. Organizations need to partner with law enforcement early um, and create that relationship. So when there's a crisis, cyber crisis, or any type of crisis, you don't wanna be looking for somebody's phone number at the time of that crisis. You wanna know Chris Leone and have a relationship with me or whoever might be that task force supervisor within your particular region. Um, you wanna have that relationship so you know you have a rehearsal, you have a step-by-step -step process already in place where you can, you can speak with your employees, you can speak with your upper management, you could speak with your C-suite, you can brief your board and say, listen, we've partnered with the Secret Service for two years now. We are prepared for this crisis right now. We have spoken, they're on premises, they're partnering with X, Y, and Z. There is a plan in place, we will get through this. A couple other things, if money was lost in a BEC, if that communication is timely, there's a good chance now that we can successfully pull that money back uh, with our relationships within the financial sector, uh, in the banking sector specifically, we have the ability 
if money is sent out during a BEC scam, if that timely communication exists, there's a good chance uh, we can get that, that money back. And again, that comes back to early relationships. Ransomware. We've been working very hard with coming up with a strategy on how to battle this particular um, cybercrime. Uh, it's a very dangerous cybercrime, um, especially in, in instances like right now where the healthcare sector uh, is a vulnerable target. Um, and, and, you know, they can't risk having their networks frozen um, during crises like this or for any time as a, for that matter. They're protecting people's lives. So ransomware, very, very important for the healthcare sector uh, to partner early with law enforcement. And they do a great job at it. We just had a, an outreach program where we do a, a two-day simulation. We've partnered with a very well-known consulting firm here in D.C., the McChrystal Group, who is known for task force operations during uh, the Iraq war. We've taken some of their expertise, uh, merged it with our task force, came up with some simulations for the private sector. We've been doing that for two years now. Again, something I'm passionate about practice, rehearsal. It's like anything else. Get those early relationships and together private organizations and law enforcement is what it takes to get that timely reaction, allow us to get that evidence and let these cyber criminals know that there is a consequence to these crimes. Whether it's overseas or domestic, uh, we've had a very good success over the last couple of years partnering with foreign governments bringing criminals back to the United States to answer for their uh, their cyber crimes. Well, Chris, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking with you and thanks for your insight. Very good. Thank you, and I appreciate the time. Once again, I've been speaking with Assistant Special Agent Chris Leone. And for Information Security Media Group, I'm Anna Delaney.